Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Yeah, SLC Punkcast, and we are officially in the 40s. We are 341. Yes. Yep. 340, sort of, uh, that's sort of like the uh, benchmark, but you know, you're not really into it until you've hit that first numeral. Right. So, so yeah, we are now officially in the 340s, and uh, yeah, this one's going to be a bit of a loaded episode, I can already tell, because there's a band that I'll be covering that's got a pretty extensive catalog, and in those two songs that I have chosen... Uh, I got a lot to say about them, <laughs> but there is a lot to say. They're just pretty uh, loaded tracks, but you'll understand when I start talking about them. That's not going to be until the around the middle of this uh, of this episode. Well, we're going to get right to it. Uh, I was out of town last week, and so we posted the episode because we previously recorded it the weekend before. But the whole point of that is we didn't do an interview because I was basically gone for the entire week. And so we have interviews lined up, or at least one as of right now, but others in the works for the next couple couple upcoming weeks. So expect those on their way. We're going to get right into this episode. I'm going to get into the upcoming stuff. I'm going to start on November 26th. The band One by One released Oi Up Your Ass, which is an EP. It's pretty awesome. You should check that out. Then Healer of Bastards released Simpler Times on Horn and Hoof Records. No Time released Suffer No Fool, which is a 12-inch on Mendeku Discac and TKO Records here in North America. And it is awesome. Great band from Pittsburgh. I came across their first LP uh, two years ago or something like that. And I was like, fuck, this is awesome. And yeah. man, uh, that No Time, I've already heard it several times all the way through. And it is going to be on the, my top 10 list for sure. Uh, in my top 10 anyway. It's awesome. Then Parka, P-A-R-C-A, released Demo on Mendeku Discock, and The Breed released Kingdom Dolores, which is a 12-inch, also on Mendeku Discock. All of those on the 28th. Pleasure Squad released Sturen, S-T-U-E-R-E-N, which is an EP, four tracks there on the 28th. Then Cindy Burbinas released Asatamente, and that's S-I-N-D-Y, Cindy. That's on the 29th. In Your Grave released Tusk on the 29th. The band Amusement, who we played just recently on, I think it was the last episode, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they released Walk Out to Sync, which is a two-track EP. And then they released uh, another two-track EP on the same day called Dead on the Inside. So go check out both of those four new tracks both on their separate single EP, whatever you want to call it, but uh, two tracks per. Wrap up the month with another band out of Salt Lake, uh, Lose to Win. A, a new strength is the single that they released on the 30th. Then for December, the Seafloor Cinema released self-titled Seafloor Cinema on Pure Noise Records. Animal Shithouse released Who Taught You to Hate on Lockjaw Records. Uh, several releases on December 1st, as December 1st was Bandcamp Friday for all of you that hopefully knew and supported some bands out there. Uh, th I was out of town and I supported bands. Not that I'm trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm just saying that uh, I definitely wanted to make a point to uh, support some bands on Bandcamp Friday. 
The Fuzz Tones released Friends and Fiends. Meantime released Living in the Meantime on Indecision Records. Minor Threat released Out of Step Outtakes on Discord Records. That was three tracks. Uh, I checked them out. It was, it was pretty cool. One was, I can't even remember what it was. Out of takes with this band. <laughs> uh, it was cool, though. I, I definitely recommend checking it out if you're a fan of Minor Threat. Hats and Caps put out a split with Eastside Dogs, which is a 12-inch. Dr. Green released Scott and Go on Pasaderic Pat's Records. Damn It Records put out their Damnations for December 2023, which are Christmas-themed tracks for that uh, set of 10 tracks. Evening Standards released Rainbow Shrimp on Dead Broke Records. End of Days released Hate Anthems, which is an EP on BDHW Records. Old Habits released Three Years Dead, which is a single. Stage Bottles put out a new full length called We Need Each Other. They released that title track as a single like a month or so ago, and now the whole full length is out. The Hallingtons released Guilty of Robbery, which is an EP. Divestata released Candela on Gato Encerado Records, and that's S-V-D-E-S-T-A-D-A is how you spell the band's name. Then Gizon Beria released self-titled EP on La Vida's Es Un Mus Discos. Also on that label, uh, Die in Vain released Savage New Times, which I believe was an EP. That was a good one. Half Past Two put out a Christmas single called Breakdown for Christmas. Ink Bomb released Tough Cookie. Bleakness released two tracks, Words and Greed. Bucket released Superhero, which is a single. Then The Path released One for Them, compilation track uh, called Tiptoe Through the Tulips, Tiny Tim. Then Skin Sex, they put out Kids in Styphone. Uh, that came out on the 4th. Crazy and the Brains put the four singles that they put out together on an EP on the 4th called Kicked Out of the Choir. The X Saints put out Hit the Bricks, which is a single on the 4th on Little Willie Records. For friend, or sorry, for family and flag, volume two is coming out, which is a Pirates Press Records compilation on the eighth. Skinhead are putting out everything was beautiful and nothing hurt, which is a mini LP, eight tracks. And I've already heard the three early released singles on that, and they are awesome. I'm really looking forward to that release. Chrome will be releasing Red Exposure on the fifteenth, and then the Franks are releasing a ten inch called. Start Living Your Life on LSM Vinyl. Eric, what do you got? Well, I got uh, very, very little. Okay. <laughs> I've got four releases to uh, plug here, three of which I'm going to be talking about on this episode. Nice. On the 24th, Bare Minimum released their Swiss Chalet Christmas Dinner Alone. It's a Christmas single. And if you're eating dinner alone, you probably are. So... <laughs> But we'll talk more on that later. On the 29th, Alkaline Trio released their Bad Time single. On the 2nd, Monstrology released their Peril, Darkness, and Rot EP. That's a, oh boy, it's a fucking scorcher. <laughs> and on the 15th, Without Peace released Crash and Burn. Or rather, will release. The 15th ain't happened yet. <laughs> it's getting there. <laughs> yeah, it's getting there. It'll be there before we know it. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Because that just means, oh, God, I have I forgot presents for this person and that person and shit. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty ahead, but... Oh, good. Well, it's good to be ahead, especially at this time of year. I know, especially unlike those people who have uh, gone 
uh, gone shopping day after Thanksgiving. They don't have a head. Right. That shit rolled off. That shit rolled away as soon as they left the parking lot into the uh, automatic doors. <laughs> Just to find something that is 20% off. Right. And probably is defective. Right. <laughs> but let's not uh, talk about that. Let's talk about some of the new stuff that's coming up. I'm going to talk about, for the first time ever on this show, Alkaline Trio. Yeah, I don't know why it's taken me this long, and I assumed that if I were going to be talking about Alkaline Trio, I'd at least have uh, played, uh, would have played my favorite song by those guys <laughs> or anything else, but I don't know. I guess I'm not that big of an Alkaline fan, <laughs> but they've been growing on me. Like uh, I, I'm sure I, your bandmates in the Apathetics appreciate that. Uh, Josh and uh, Ben are diehards. I mean, Josh has got the logo tattooed on his forearm, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> and it's not to say that I don't like Alkaline. I do like them. I just never monastically gripped them, so to speak. <laughs> like, you see people who are Alkaline fans, they are diehards. You'll be... You'll be fucked to find any uh, casual listener of Alkaline Trio. Well, folks, I am one of those people. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm not obsessed with Alkaline Trio. Like I said, I just I like them. I've listened to their albums. I can't find anything bad to say about them. They're just, you know, they're just great. They're, they're a great band, and you know enough so that I will be talking about them on this uh, on this episode. I will go back and revisit them, talk about the songs that I've listened to in the past that I really really love, but. But yeah, the trio, for those of you that don't know, they're a Chicago-based punk rock band, been active since 96, one of those bands that uh, bridge the gap between skate punk and pop punk better than their surrogates, i.e. Green Day and Blink-182, who the general consensus is uh, they sold out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alkaline Trio, yeah, they did get into some uh, more, I don't know, pop rock territory, but they never achieved the same status as Blink or Green Day. They're not playing arenas. They never, they never got that big. Right. So, yeah, they more or less uh, stuck to their roots. But, yeah, from their albums that were, you know, busting at the scenes with soaring punk ballads of heartbreak and From Here to the Infirmary and Good Morning uh, to the more polished radio rock, like I mentioned, uh, like in My Shame is True and... That breath of fresh air that was, is this thing cursed? And that was marking the return of Matt Skiba from his, we'll say, less than stellar stint in Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the album that Blink fan and Blink fans and Alkaline fans uh, choose, you know, like to pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> the California <laughs> record. Oh, God. What a mess that was. But it was since that album, the uh, cursed album, Okay, not the the album that actually has "Cursed" in the night, the title, not California, <laughs> the California Cursed, which is a Drain album. Why does Drain keep coming back? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it just keeps circling. It's like go, whatever. It is since that album is this thing cursed that Alkaline Trio is returning with a new album due January of 2024, and. It's showing promise with their uh, two leading singles, uh, the title track, Blood, Hair, and Eyeballs, and Bad Time. And I like both of them. I think that, uh, I think that uh, what is it, the title track is a lot more 
uh, fun. It's more of an Alkaline Trio's more uppity caliber. And the music video is fucking hilarious. <laughs> they're, playing in a, they're playing in a skate park and everyone's skating around them. And then everybody starts turning into zombies. <laughs> nice. So it's like blood, hair, and eyeballs. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> it sounds like a song about a heartbreak, but no, it's literally about zombies. <laughs> They're coming to rip your heart out. Nice. Uh, so, so yeah, I like that one. And the only reason why I'm not talking about it is because, well, it's older. Bad Time is the latest single that they put out. <laughs> and Bad Time, it has some beautiful melodies introduced in the song, some swinging rhythms, and Skiba's voice has certainly not dwindled. And with that, neither has his lyrics. Uh, those being about what seems like a, like a mercenary wanting to talk to his wife. It, uh, it starts off with lyrics about uh, gunfire and uh, also being pursued. Um, you know, and through all of this, he wants to talk to his wife, but we learn later that it's just a guy having a bad trip on mushrooms. <laughs> and he's obviously not in the right mindset to talk coherently. And it's a classic Alkaline song and appeals more to their uh, softer musical side. Uh, what with it being a slower tempo and temp, tempo, <laughs> tempo and laid back performances. So, so yeah, it's definitely not a far far cry away from the alkaline trio we're used to so but you diehards i'll let you be the judge of that this is bad time
uh, yeah, you can listen to that and just immediately tell, yep, that's Alkaline Trio. There is uh, no mistake in that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, because Matt Skiba has a, uh, yeah, he's got a very, uh, God, what is, the, what is the damn word? Distinct. Distinct. I keep wanting to say definable, but it's not <laughs> even really that. But yes, distinct. He's got a distinct drawl. He's got a, and also the way that he uh, phrases his lyrics and, and just the sort of uh, rhythm behind it all. And, of course, the music. You know, the, the way how his uh, vocals match his uh, guitar tones, it's just got a very distinct sound. That's awesome. And that's what makes uh, Alkaline Trio really stand out amongst one of those uh, softer uh, punk rock bands. It's sort of in between. Not quite pop punk, not quite skate punk, but it's just right there. It's just <laughs> on that little tightrope. And they've been walking it pretty... Uh, pretty straight for the last uh, 20 years. Nice. That was, I guess it's more 25. Yeah? Almost 30. Yeah. Yeah, they're coming up on 30. Yeah, coming up on 30. Shit. And I still haven't seen them. <laughs> I'm going to try and change that in, uh, next year. I think they're coming in March with uh, Drug Church. Well, there you go. You definitely want to yeah. see Drug Church, and then maybe you'll go see uh, your bandmates will want to go as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I need to see Alkaline Trio at least once. The closest I came to seeing them was, I think, back in 2016-ish. Or no, maybe, no, it was 2017. And they were playing at the complex in the big room. But I was in the smaller room. I was watching <laughs> Guar and Hatebreed. Nice. So, priorities. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss Guar. They're always a blast to see live. <laughs> Oh, uh, God damn it. But I will see Alkaline Trio. I need those on the top of my list. The bands that I should have seen by now, but haven't, punk bands anyway, Alkaline Trio and Social Distortion. I haven't seen either of those bands, and I'm kind of fucking embarrassed. <laughs> I haven't seen Alkaline Trio, I don't think, unless I happen to catch them at Punk Rock Bowling, which I guess that's not very good of me to have not remembered. And then Social Distortion, I definitely saw them, but barely remember it because it was back in the mid-90s at a Warp Tour or a big-ass show or something like that uh, back then. I remember seeing them, but Back at the peak, of their, peak of their popularity. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, when all the labels were telling them, like, uh, hey, you know that sort of a twangy, like, Hank Williams meets Johnny Cash sort of thing? Uh not Johnny Cash meets uh, Joe Strummer. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, do that. Keep <laughs> just keep doing that, Mike. <laughs> well, maybe I want to do something else. No, 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 no. This is what the people want. Ugh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's what I got to say about Alkaline Trio. I will revisit them. I'll bring them back because I feel like I, I feel like I owe it to myself to absorb some more of their music. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, I got a couple new ones. First, the band Spider, newest track. Uh, they released uh, Tabula Rasa, and they released that on November 24th. Again, I've mentioned on all the episodes since we started getting the show rolling again that I apologize to all the bands for not getting to the stuff quicker because I was all caught up, and I would have been playing the stuff far before we're currently playing it, still working on catching up. But uh, Hector... Reached out by email on November 9th to share the band's new track, Tabula Rasa. Again, it came out 15 days after. I had it then, but I just hadn't had a chance to get on the show at that point. So I'm glad I'm getting to it now. You should check it out. 
Uh, a little quote that I liked in the email I want to read here. Tabula Rasa is a ferocious blast of urgent existential punk rock and the lexicon vortex of metaphor-fueled vocals. So give you an idea of what you're going to get here in a moment. Yep. It may, it may require you to go back and read that sentence a few times just to really get what those $50 <laughs> words are implying. Right. <laughs> Uh, Spider, uh, it's a collective. They're based out of Long Beach. I got to see them at Punk Rock Bowling recently and uh, enjoyed them and definitely like playing this band. So glad they got some new stuff coming out. I think this might be the newest music. I think they put another single out this year, but the singles and their new music coming out, I think might be the newest since 2019, if I remember right. So uh, let's get to that track now. Here's Spider with Tabula. Rasa. Generation, sympathy, fourth generation, please kill me. 
Yeah, pretty much delivered. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's the most ferocious thing I've ever heard that, you know, is what they're building themselves up as, but, you know, at least it wasn't soft. Right. <laughs> Spider, great stuff. Hector, thank you again for sharing that with us. Go check out Tabula Rasa. Uh, awesome track. Got some more stuff that's been shared with us a month ago. <laughs> uh, got an email from Rob, uh, R-A-W-B, Rob Pitts of Ripped Pitts on November 4th. Their singles, they had released two separate singles on the same day on November 8th. Uh, the first one, Lake Howell Arms, so go check that one out, because we're not going to listen to that together here. We're going to listen to the other one together here. Uh, the band's from Florida in Orlando. We've played them before. Glad they got some new stuff out. This track's pretty great. I really dig Burn After Stealing, so let's do it. Here's some new Ripped Pits.
<laughs> awesome stuff. Thank you, Rob. Some ripped pits there. Go check out Burn After Stealing and go check out Lake Howell Arms as well, the other single. They're benching so much that even their armpits are getting toned. <laughs> <laughs> ripped pits. Or maybe it's just a bunch of uh, ripped up uh, beefcake looking gents that are rolling around in that circle. I could be too. Yep. Ripped pits. It's good stuff. Uh, great. We don't play enough bands from Orlando, I don't think. I think like Florida, even Florida in general, as big as Florida is, don't seem to get around to playing enough. So happy to get to play more, especially from Orlando. I think there was one other band, one other band that we played from Orlando. I don't know. We played who Dial it Drive is. before, and then uh, I know there's been one or two others, but it's per, it seems too far and in, in between there. Yeah, too far back in a uh, plethora of no-name bands. <laughs> but All I right. do remember seeing Orlando on our on our roster sheet at some point. Yes. Uh, let's get to some more music. Uh, Eric has something older in this instance. I actually picked something uh, probably less known. Again, I'm trying to get through a lot of other bands that have been sharing stuff, and I just didn't yeah. have anything that had been a little older in that category. But Eric is playing something a little older. Yeah, I got something uh, older and also lesser known by people uh, outside of Salt Lake City. Right. <laughs> yes, this is a local uh, hardcore band. They are called City to City. This was the band uh, that started back in the Grudge City days around 06, 07. And it was the, and it was the initial band that uh, Dan Fletcher of Run Into the Sun sang in. Awesome. So yeah, this is is so yeah. If you remember me playing "Run Into the Sun" on this show multiple times, then you may hear some uh, similarities. So yeah, city to city. Like I said, they started in the mid aughts and they recorded and released their Vision EP, and it's their sole release apart from their demo from two thousand seven uh, in two thousand nine. Well, when they released it, uh, okay, kind of a run on sentence there, but they recorded and released <laughs> Vision in two thousand nine. And they came into the Salt Lake scene with a refreshing, melodic style, what's been achieved by their predecessors in Cool Your Jets. That of which Trevor Hale, their guitarist, was also a member, but he was on bass. Okay. So yeah, you'll come to learn Trevor, Trevor Hale, he's been in almost every band in Salt Lake. <laughs> Whether as a guitarist or a bassist, he's, uh, he's been through it all. Well, Trevor, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm going to start a band and ask you to join it too then. Yep. <laughs> right now he's currently doing uh, Milk Money also with Dan, and they are not hardcore at all. They are uh, more like uh, mid-90s uh, emo music. Nice. Sounds, uh, it reminds me of the likes of Brand New, but they call it like uh, dad rock for hardcore guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, you could get more on that in their, uh, uh, the localized article from Slug. Cool. It's actually a pretty, it's a pretty good read. Uh, anyway, back to uh, <laughs> back to city city to city. They were around. They were around for about uh, ten years. The last five or so being uh, noticeably less active. Uh, mostly haven't come back to play for uh, benefit shows. Uh, nowadays, they're more or less defunct. But judging by the crowd reaction when Absolved covered one of their songs with Dan on vocals at their show over a month ago, over a month ago. Suffice so it to say, they are not forgotten. <laughs> yeah, if you remember me talking about that show, they played this song that I'm about to play right now, and everyone was just fucking piling up. And I was uh, not part of that pileup because I'm like, I don't know any lyrics past the first line. <laughs> I know the song, I've listened to it, I love it, but I don't know the damn words. 
So, and upon upon doing my research for this uh, for this song, which is Ninth and Broadway, I was like, okay, maybe I should actually do a dive on this and see what it's all about. It's obviously the fan favorite. And every time I've seen them, I hadn't seen their fans jostle their way up to the front in bigger hordes than when they play this song. <laughs> and the song itself is, uh, I actually reached out to Dan to sort of get some uh, clarification, if not for just the title alone. Uh, but it's about reminiscing on times you've had, some of them you may regret, but accepting that you can't nor should change anything and that your mistakes of the past don't define you as a person. The title is uh, referring to the address of Dan's old apartment and is uh, predicated to what the song is about. It's all based on his personal experiences and memories from living in that area uh, with all the people that he interacted with, all the shows that he attended, and you know, just the good and bad situations that came with that. It was diff- it was cert- the address itself was like 900 East and 3rd South, which is also, you know, if you've been downtown, you know that 3rd South is also named as Broadway. So he's like, yeah, you know what? It just rolls off the tongue a lot better. <laughs> Ninth and Broadway. So yeah, Ninth and Broadway. I've been wanting to play something by City to City on this show for <laughs> three years now. I just never got around to it. So I figure now's as good a time as any. So this one's for you, City to City, in remembrance, Ninth and Broadway. Spend the morning walking these cold Salt Lake City streets. Mistakes remain in every club and coffee shop and face I see. Memories of guilt and shame. Memories that I embrace. And I wouldn't change a thing. No, I wouldn't change a thing. Every mistake. where the excitement comes from <laughs> yes i mean all the songs on that ep are great but i just wanted to uh 
uh, point that one out. Just, uh, well, because like I just said, Absolve uh, covered that and brought Dan out to uh, sing it. And it just sort of reignited that passion. I'm like, okay, this is a calling. Uh, but also, uh, in my uh, conversation with Dan, he did leak some information to me that they have a new song coming out. Wow. Yeah. And, and he gave me the okay to, uh, to promote it just so long as it's after the 9th of December, which is this Saturday. So next week, I'm going <laughs> to be rehashing City to City, but with a new song. So new, it's unreleased. So awesome. that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty fucking cool. Well, you sh people should go look at their Bandcamp page because you can find this track that we just played, plus their other tracks, and quite possibly the new one, as yep. well. And also, you can see the uh, the making of this EP on YouTube. Awesome. Yeah, Trevor was going around with his uh, digital camera and was filming uh, the recording process when they did it with Andy Patterson at the Boar's Nest. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is definitely 2000s. <laughs> Look at the, <laughs> that old Macintosh computer, you know, the ones that were sitting on that little bulb, and then they had the stand coming right out of the bulb, and there was the screen right there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those computers he was working on. <laughs> but it's also, it's also pretty funny, just the way it's all shot. You can find that on uh, the Grudge City Activities YouTube page. Cool. I recommend it. it. It's only like a 15-minute video. It's in two parts, so it's like 10 minutes on one, five minutes on the other. Awesome. Because it was back in the day where you couldn't upload videos that were longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, those days. Right? <laughs> yeah. And nowadays, you can watch whole fucking movies on there. <laughs> I don't think that format would have lasted with the popularity it has if it would have stuck to that 10 minutes. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a whole fucking enterprise. Right. And they're, oh, God, with all the YouTube I watched, their uh, rating system, uh, like... Uh, <laughs> oh man they will uh, demonetize you if you say the f word on one of the videos wow yeah depending on uh you know it's really hit and miss there is no clear cut yeah there is no clear rule book on what you can and can't say on youtube just like the age restrictions that are going on because anyone can go into youtube and anyone can look up whatever but there is no uh yeah, there is no rating system. There is no uh, control, at least no parental control. Well, actually there, yeah, actually, there is. But with the amount of videos that are constantly being uploaded, it's not like they can, uh, it's not like they can monitor it just like uh, you can with right. Netflix or Hulu or any of those platforms. Right. YouTube is like a, it's a fucking free-for-all. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's tricky. It's really tricky. If I'm ever to go into streaming, I would like to avoid YouTube just because all my shit could be taken down. Oh, and the copyright infringement. Yeah, that too. Yeah, even if you're well within copyright laws, it's like you can't show <clears throat> more than 10 consecutive seconds of a film and can't play more than 30 consecutive seconds of a song if you're getting paid for it. <laughs> You know, if you're getting paid for your uh, video, right. but, you know, then that, yeah, but if you're reviewing something, then that falls under the terms of fair use. Right. But YouTube just seems to uh, not really recognize those terms. You know, you just wonder who's uh, operating the whole thing. It's a bunch of people operating it. And some of them, 
a lot of them don't seem to know what they're doing. Agreed. <laughs> so, Agreed. yeah, YouTube is a fucking, uh, God. I mean, I use it every day. I mean, I watch it every day. I have my own channel, but I haven't uploaded anything to it in, like, eight years almost. <laughs> I used to just upload uh, videos of bootleg bootleg uh, camera shots that I got over at uh, whatever show I was performing. Oh, gotcha. So just bootleg videos are all up on my YouTube. I don't know if they're still there. <laughs> they might be. I don't know if anyone's going to shake a stick at that because the production is so terrible. <laughs> the playback, anyway. Yeah, but who cares? Yeah, who cares at this point? You can find you can find professionally shot concerts on YouTube. Right. And it's pretty fucking amazing. Uh, so long as you uh so long as you like, share, and subscribe. And also <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon for early access to every <laughs> Oh god, it's a it's what a racket. Right. We could go on. Let's uh, shut up about YouTube. And we are going to go on. Yeah. With just this, our show. City to city. Go to their <laughs> fucking band camp and uh, listen to all their shit. They are a great band. And yeah, they might be making a comeback. I can neither confirm nor deny, but there is a new song that is uh, uh, technically finished, just not released. <laughs> well, I got a band from Scotland. The band is Radio Chip Pan. Three words, Radio Chip Pan. And they're from Dunfermline in Scotland. So I want to thank Eddie for reaching out. Sent an email on November 9th. They put out an album called Happy Now on November 8th. I recommend you go check it out. There's a lot of great tracks. You know, a lot of bands that reach out uh, to us by whichever means they reach out uh, on our social medias, Instagram or Facebook or email or whatever, right? They do so, and a lot of them, that's the first time I have heard of that band. And so many great bands we get to discover that way, including this one, Radio Chip Pan. Uh, I'll probably be playing something over on Punkanoi Worldwide off that album, too, when we do the new songs for November at the end of next week. But on this one, I thought we should play this particular track, which kind of goes along with what Eric was just talking about on YouTube. <laughs> uh, this particular track is called Like, Share, Kill. <laughs> so is that like what uh, some serial killers do? It's like, I like this person, and I'm going to share you with my other people, and we're all going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That could be. I think it has something maybe more to do with something else, but you never know. Maybe, maybe I mis misunderstood it. Maybe it should be the other way. It's like, like, kill, share. <laughs> you know, if you have a buffet of, uh, if you have a buffet of humans, you got to feed your uh, cannibal party. <laughs> I agree, but just as you said, uh, from memory, like, share, subscribe, right? Yeah. And I think that it just made more sense to go like, share, kill. Like, share, kill. Not necessarily <laughs> in that order. You can kill someone, you can share them, and you can like them too. Indeed. <laughs> Let's get to the track, Radio Chip Pan. Thank you again, Eddie. Here goes. The pros are that you can use
catchy track. Yeah, it sure is. Just wish I could have paid attention to the lyrics a little more. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I want to know what it is. Like, share, kill. I'll probably figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, great stuff. Thank you, Eddie. I, again, uh, go check out Happy Now. The track Happy Now is pretty great. That's the, probably the track that I will get around to playing uh, next weekend uh, for Punkadoy Worldwide. But I'm going to go through and listen to the whole album again. Mm -hmm. And I recommend you do the same. Let's get to our holiday track, as we did get a holiday track in last week. Eric was talking about the holiday track at the top of the show. Yeah, I was. And I even uh, made a... Uh, made a mention of it at the on the last episode. Uh, it's the bare minimum. They have a new song out, and it's a holiday song. <laughs> and it's a song that's uh, dedicated to all you people who would uh, rather spend Christmas by yourself. Right. Yeah, the song is called Swiss Chalet Christmas Dinner Alone. Yeah, it's quite a wordy fucking title, and I had to do some <laughs> re research on what the fuck is a Swiss Chalet. Is that like a... Is that some idiom they have up in Canada that's supposed to mean something? Well, Swiss Chalet, I did my research, is actually a restaurant. Oh. It's a restaurant chain in Canada. And they reference this song, uh, they reference it in this song that with the bars all being closed on the holiday, the only option is you've got to order in food from said restaurant. <laughs> and you eat it by yourself. It's okay. like you're, yep. You're all out of beer. You're all out of, uh, you're all out of uh, other means of uh, feeding yourself and drinking yourself. So, hey, you might as well just DoorDash some Swiss Chalet, and uh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> yep. And you get to eat dinner, Christmas dinner alone, just like you <laughs> wanted. <laughs> just so sick of the hustling and bustling and just dealing with all the holiday people. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is recognize that other people exist. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes that's the way it is when you're stuck alone. Yeah. Uh, especially though this time of year, that time of year. Yep. So for all you uh, recluses, this is your Christmas special. It's It's rich and it's empty, 
<laughs> it's a it's a fun one. I mean, bare minimum is a fun band. Yeah, yeah, definitely check out that music video though. It's a uh, it's uh, it's pretty low budget, and it's just in their style. <laughs> it, it was great, great track. I like the combination of uh, the other song in there too. And then they change it right at the right time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Again, not necessarily for the humbugs out there, but not necessarily for the. Uh, Oh, God, what is the, the carolers? opposite of that? Yeah, the carolers <laughs> or the Salvation Army. <laughs> yeah, um, not necessarily for those guys, but somewhere in between where you just fucking burnt out and you just don't want to deal with fucking people, not even your own family. Right. Which at that point is like, Jesus, who is hurting you? <laughs> the system is hurting you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, fun track from a fun band, and yeah, I'm happy with it. It's good stuff. Uh, we're at that point in the show where we have a couple cool albums that we're going to talk about as we do not have an interview, which we talked about at the top of the show. But you know, as we do before we get that to that point, we talk about some live shows. Live shows are an important part of our scene. And Eric, did you go see any before we mention any upcoming ones? Yes, I did. I went to see Monstrology's EP release show. Awesome. Yeah, I won't talk much about the EP until the end of the show because... Well, I'm going to be plugging it. <laughs> but yeah, Monstrology, it was my friends uh, Ross, Kyle, and Evan, who were, it's basically Heretic Temple minus their singer, Rich. Okay. So uh, so yeah, Rich had a fallen out with the three, and they're no longer on speaking terms with him. Oh. And so from the ashes of uh, Heretic Temple, which was also the ashes of uh, Burn Your World, <laughs> funny, they... <laughs> 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 Yeah, they decided to uh, reform as a three-piece as a death metal band called Monstrology. And they released their EP on the 2nd of December and had a release show over at Aces High. And that was including bands uh, Bonestorm and Sacrilegion. Awesome. And, yep, I love both of those bands, and I just had a... I just had a great time dancing around and acting like a jackass and drinking beer in between. Again, <laughs> thanks, Brandon. You, every time, every time I'm at a show with you, you always, always, always make sure that you have a moshing partner and that someone <laughs> always has to be me. <laughs> but I'm not against it. <laughs> he knows how to have fun. Uh, so, yeah, this, the show was great. Um, yeah, Sacrilegion did a... Uh, did a dissection cover. I can't remember which song or what the song was called, but got people. It got people a moving, uh, including myself. And and yeah, I always love watching uh, Kyle on stage. The motherfucker's just so animated with the faces <laughs> that he's making. Whether he's just getting all bug eyed and let, getting that sort of serial killer look in his eyes, and just. Or just like getting really macho looking and just like growling <laughs> on the vocal mic, just like yeah, yeah. You can tell he's having a good time on there, and I love it. I love it, Kyle. You're a wonderful person to watch, wonderful guitarist, wonderful person to be around. So, so yeah, it was a fun, 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 fun show. And thank you, Haley, for fixing my pants. <laughs> <laughs> they broke again. <laughs> It's okay. I think those pants are just kaput. Try as I may to uh, fix them. Uh, you know, it's just ripped in the crotch. You can't really come back from that. <laughs> but I just really liked those pants. Oh, well. So, yeah, that's all I got for uh, shows that I attended. Just the, it was just the one. Okay. Well, uh, you got any 
live shows that you might be attending or just in general you want to plug? Well, I might be attending. I'll just have to see. <laughs> <laughs> but here are the ones that I know are uh, coming up. On the 7th, the Meteors are coming to Aces High Saloon. They'll be playing with Hi-Fi Murder. That's uh, $17 if you buy it in advance and $18 day of the show. Yeah, that's a staggering $1 difference, guys. So, I don't know. That's sort of a make-or-break deal, if you ask me. Uh, on the 8th, Service Weapon, Sewn Shut, Mummy, and Infernium be playing at Black Lung Society in their new location in Ogden. That is 3701 Washington Boulevard. <clears throat> Finally, Ogden has a new all-ages venue. And, yep, they're scoping out for bands who want to play up there. I'm like, okay, good. Maybe it'll reignite the fucking scene. Right? It's been dead for almost 10 years. Ah, shit. I'm so happy that... So happy that we're going to have a city up north that will be housing and catering to the underground up there. That's awesome. Anyway, on the 9th, Marley and Isaiah are celebrating their birthday with Garg, Dysentery, Lovelace, Biome, Kratom, and Sloppage. Sloppage? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a noisy, uh, grind, uh, power violence uh, type show. It's going to be at the House of Blues on... And it's going to be $5 to enter, and it's going to start at 4 p.m. So, yeah, it's sort of like a birthday matinee. Cool. And then on the 12th, the Menzingers are coming to the complex with Microwave, Cloud Nothing, and Rodeo Boys. That's $32, and that is including, including the tax and other fucking stupid fees, and it starts at 7 p.m. And then on the 14th, the 14th, Exodus is coming back. And they will be playing with the locals Truths in Blood, Villain, and Sacrilegion. And I'm looking at Sacrilegion, and I'm just looking at Connor in the face and saying through grated teeth, <laughs> that is so awesome, guys. I am so happy you're opening up for Exodus. You guys are doing great. <laughs> Meanwhile, my band is minus a drummer again. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, there's more on that. That's a whole thing, but not now. Um, yeah, so that show will be at the depot. It's $35 after the fees and taxes and starts at 7 p.m. Though I'm still going to see if uh, Trent can uh, guest list me. That would be awesome. Come on, Trent. Yeah, come on, Trent. Get, will you <laughs> answer my messages? <laughs> Actually, he does answer. He just, I just don't know if he's confirmed yet. But anyway, and the last one I want to plug is uh, <clears throat> the one on the 15th. Suffocator is having their album release show for Deadlights. I talked about that album a few episodes ago, and it's a, it's a pretty wonderful record. I'm excited for those guys. Uh, they'll be playing with Fight the Future, Swarmer, and Harvest of Ash. That's going to be at Aces High Saloon. It is $10 to enter, and it starts at 8 p.m. I will definitely be attending that because... Yeah, I love all those bands on that bill. For one way or another, it's uh, it's going to be a great show. Awesome. So, yeah, that's all the shows I have to plug in the next... Uh, uh, they're coming up in the next uh, 10 to 14 days. Cool. My list is also a short one, but uh, I will mention just a couple. Uh, of course, Friends Miss Eve here in Salt Lake City on Friday, December 15th at Urban Lounge. Our pals in... Racist Kramer, uh, along with uh, Restroyer, Fail to Follow, Damn Dirty Vultures, putting it on, putting it together. Uh, 
shit uh, Grayson plays in like at least three of those four bands too. He's got a busy night ahead of him, and all those <laughs> bands do uh, cover sets of other bands. Uh, they raise money for the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. I think last year was like over twenty grand is what they raised, and it's free entry to get in. You buy raffle tickets for prizes. Unfortunately, it's only a twenty-one and older show, uh, mm. so you youngsters, I apologize, can't get in, but. Uh, I'm sure you can send someone in to buy some raffle stuff for you. Maybe listen from the outside. I don't know. I'm not suggesting to do that. It might be pretty cold on <laughs> December 15th. But show starts at 7. Go check out those bands. And obviously a good cause. Good luck to them. They get some pretty great prizes to get that much in uh, money to donate. Then the 10 year of failing upwards for Zombie and that Zombie with two eyes. They'll be playing at... Cherry Street Station in Wallingford, Connecticut on Saturday, December 16th. It's a $10 show, 21 and older there. Starts at 6 p.m. Our pals in Cry Havoc will also be playing that show, along with Hopeless Otis, Jared Knappick, and Bobby Dykeman. So go check that one out if you're going to be in Connecticut on the 16th. And uh, on, what day is this one, December 8th, you can go see Mock Execution, Beton Army, Fuerza Bruta, Puffer, Spleen, and Lost Legion at Archer Ballroom, which is in Chicago. Uh, I think all the bands will be there in Milwaukee on the 9th, so go check that out. Uh, the show on the 8th is $20, and it starts at 7.30 sharp, so get your ass there on time. And a lot of great bands on that bill, bands coming from... Uh, Montreal on that one, along with uh, you know the local Chicago bands as well. So go check it out. And finally, I'm going to mention a couple shows by the band Conservative Military Image. I can't wait to get to see that band. They're awesome. I love all the tracks they put out. Looking forward to more from that band. Uh, they will be in San Jose, California at Cornerstone on the 13th. San Diego at Corazon del Barrio on the 14th. And they'll be doing those shows with Zibalba and Homefront, Upon Stone, and then uh, Led Lead Dream or Lead Dream on the San Jose show, Mongrel on the San Diego show. December 15th, they'll be playing Long Beach at First Street Billiards with Castillo, Homefront, Fearing, and Slugger. Then on the 16th, they'll be in L.A. at the Belasco uh, for the children's fe- or the children fest, so you can go check them out there. End of the month, they'll be December 30th in Detroit, Michigan, at Majestic Complex for uh, Black Christmas Fest. So go check out Conservative Military Image. That's all I got. One thing I'm going to mention before Eric gets into his great cover-to-cover album is some sad news. Unfortunately, our pals and Mob Mentality are ending their time together as a band. Uh, 2017 to 2023, unfortunately. So uh, if you go look at mob underscore mentality, oil, you can get a few more details. But they said that they achieved far more than they were intending to, plus you know, a couple great albums. Eric and I are both fans of Dan and the Boys and all the music that they put out. Uh, we look forward to any projects that any of them are involved with and the releases that will come out on Liberty or Death Records as well. So... Uh, good luck to those guys. Great music. That was uh, their album. I think in 2017, their first album was my favorite album of that year. I had that one at number one on my countdown list. So oh, yeah. definitely a, a great band. 
Go check them out if you, uh, as far as the music goes, not seeing them live, obviously. <laughs> but if you get the opportunity and you haven't yet, go. you can go check out their social medias. You can go uh, support the band by still going and getting the music. They've got, I think, their first album they put out on vinyl for the first time. If there's still any copies left, plus, you know, Dedication was already out on vinyl. They put that one out on vinyl when it came out. So, yeah. That's the that's one I'm uh, looking for. Is yeah. their the one for dedication? Gotcha. I love that album the most. Yeah, it's great. If they have copies left, I would go check Liberty or Death Records first. But if not, Mob underscore Mentality Oi, reach out to Dan and the boys and see if there's any copies out there left. Great band. Let's get to those great cover to cover albums. So, Eric, what do you got? Uh, I got a I got an essay <laughs> <laughs> report. Time to get to it. <laughs> okay, as uh, some of you may know. The, one of the most legendary composers in uh, punk rock via the, uh, the 80s uh, leaning into the 90s, Shane McGowan, the leader of The Pogues, he died at yeah. 65 years old. This really isn't that old. No. All things considered. So, yeah, and that sucks because I like The Pogues. I never got to see them live. Me either. And now Shane is dead, and I'm like, you know... Last year, we lost uh, Terry Hall from the specials, yep. and now we're losing yet another Brit from a different style of uh, punk rock. <laughs> and, and yeah, we that's sort of a piggybacking on what I said about uh, uh, Joe Strummer having died around the same time as well, 21 years ago. Yeah. It's like, this month is cursed for punk rockers. Yep. Why do punks at least all the famous ones keep dying in December. <laughs> I wonder when the Ramones died. I well, know. I know that Tommy Ramone died in uh, July of 2014. Well, at least it wasn't December. Yep. At least it wasn't December. Wake me up when December ends. <laughs> okay. Okay, so enough of that. Let's talk about let's talk about his band The Pogues. They formed in London in 1982 and originally they adorned the moniker Pogue Mahone. Uh, which is roughly translated from uh, I an Irish Gaelic phrase, Pog Motoin, which, which basically translates to kiss my ass. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, kiss my arse. <laughs> right. Gotta is, say it right. Because this is Britain. Anyway, the Pogues, they conjured up a musical style that I describe as if the Clash played Irish instruments. <laughs> yeah, basically, socio-political subjects sung over uh, music consisting of banjo, mandolin, tin whistle, accordion, and violin, along with a mix of renditions of traditional Irish folk, Irish folk songs and hearty ballads about drinking with your mates. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shane McGowan, he was born in 1957. Contrary to popular belief, not in Ireland, but in Kent, which is in England. Okay. So he wasn't Irish-born, but he spent uh, the first few years of his childhood in Ireland before his parents moved back to Britain. So, so yeah, he's got the oh, and his parents are Irish, so he's got the her he's got the heritage, right? Uh, so yeah, prior to the Pogues, he actually uh, joined the punk band the Nipple Erectors in 1977. <laughs> nipple and erectors. I know it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the nipple erectors. They did change their name to the nips later down the line, but nipple erectors just too funny. It's, yeah, it's I can't say it without smiling. Yeah, <laughs> but under that band, he was going under the nickname Shane O'Hooligan. 
<laughs> and he was on in their vocalist, as their vocalist until their breakup in 1981. And afterwards, Shane founded the Pogues, combining his hereditary Irish influences and the attitude he'd absorbed from his time spent as a punk singer. Nice. Now, the Pogues, they started off their career with uh, Red Roses for Me to much appraisal, as it was not only a style no one had expected, but was also done well. <laughs> and their second album, Rum, Sodomy, and The Lash, proved that they were capable of a lot more. And that's the album we're talking about today. The title itself is taken in verbatim from a quote from Winston Churchill. And the cover is actually an altered version of uh, Theodora Gunkult's painting, Raft of the Medusa, on which the figures' heads are replaced with those from the, each member of the band. <laughs> so, yeah, if you look at that, it looks like the cover of some power metal album. You just <laughs> expect to put that on and just hear some, like, uh, wailing vocals that are just living in the shadow of Dio, but... No, it's just like the ding Yeah, it's sort of the Molly Hatchet effect. If you've seen Molly Hatchet's album covers, they look just so epic with these mythical beings and these warriors that are just airbrushed. They look like they could be on the side of some hippie's van. But then you put it on and it's just deep fried country rock and roll. Nice. It's so hilarious how people just fuck with their audience that way. <laughs> anyway, the album, uh, this album was produced by none other than Elvis Costello, and he agreed to produce the whole album. Well, he agreed to produce the singles, but then he's like, yeah, you know what? I like this. I'm going to do the whole album. His goal was to capture their raw vigor in, in which they represented themselves in real life before, as and I quote, some more professional producer fucked them up. <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely shows, as this record is chock full of Irish pub ballads, you can just picture being sung by a gaggle of drunken mix swaying back and forth on their bar stools, pints raised in the air, celebrating their inebriated camaraderie. <laughs> And much like A Drunken Night on the Town, this album runs through the range of emotions one feels in such an escapade. The opening track, uh, The Sick Bad of... Uh, the Sick Bad... Bad of Kukulin, uh wastes no time in getting everything up and moving. It plays as an, I an upbeat Irish jig. And others like uh, Sally McLenane and the Western-inspired Jesse James follow that same get-up-and-go energy. But the one that stood out to me, if not also for its hilarious lyrics of a soldier committing adultery in Gentleman Soldier. <laughs> yeah, but it's also how Shane switches voices to emulate the characters in this musical anecdote, and cartoonishly so. <laughs> it's short, but damn does it leave a mark. So... You'll hear all the things that I mention as a point of hilarity in this song, so here we go, Gentleman Soldier. <laughs> Soldier as the sentry he did stand He saluted a fair maiden by a waving of his hand And then he boldly kissed her and he passed it off as a joke He drilled her up in a sentry box strapped up in a soldier's cloak And the drums are going around and a voice to loudly play Fare thee well, Polly me dear, I must be gone away All night they tossed the tumble till the morning did appear The soldier rose, put on his clothes and said, Where are my dear? And the drums are loudly playing and a voice is sweet to play The word for that, holy me there with you I'd gladly stay And the drums are going around And the voice they loudly play Fairly well, holy me there I must be gone away If anyone comes to 
funny <laughs> just to yeah just to show that the well the they do take the music seriously they don't really take themselves seriously and of course shane mcgowan is uh i mean he was a drunken uh <laughs> a drunken mess himself yes which uh did eventually lead to him uh being fired from his own band <laughs> yeah unfortunately that can happen yeah it did but I'll have to get into that a little later. This whole thing may carry over to two episodes. <laughs> so, as I said, the song's uh, respective moods do shift, so it doesn't eschew from the moments uh, when we get to that stage of emotional drunk. You know, softer and more somber editions include I'm a Man You Don't Meet Every Day, which features uh, Kate O'Reardon on vocals, and their famous cover of Evan McCall's Dirty Old Town. <laughs> And Eric Bogles and the band played Waltzing Matilda, which uh, actually closes the album. And that song really stood out to me. It's this, it tells an epic tribute of how soldiers who had fought in a war and uh, that is remembered by very few. Ergo, their services are being seldom appreciated. And it sort of mirrors, it reminded me of the closer of uh, Coxbar's Shock Troops with uh, Out on an Island. You know, detailing how soldiers are stripped of their identities and molded to follow orders, and they're sent off somewhere where they'll most likely be forgotten about. Right. They're just sent off to this island, and they're going to die. It's true. Yeah. So, so yeah, kind of crazy, the, uh, uh, the correlation between those two albums. Yeah. Yeah, we all knew what was on everyone's mind back then. <laughs> uh, but the one I'd like to spotlight on this one is, uh, is the one that isn't a cover song or a reimagining of an Irish traditional, but rather one written and performed solely by McGowan. And that's their leading single of this album, A Pair of Brown Eyes. Now, A Pair of Brown Eyes, it had a... Boy, <laughs> the reason why I chose this one is uh, because it is lyrically dense. And also, I saw, uh, in sort of a tribute to uh, Shane McGowan, uh, Parker McIntyre. Uh, from uh, Captain Daniels, he uh, posted a video of himself playing a playing a banjo and covering this specific song. Okay, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? This is actually pretty uh, befitting of the situation." Yeah, but in order to, uh, so yeah, in order to uh, really justify it being a uh, being a send off, I had to go in and just sort of figure out what 
are these lyrics? Because I can never figure it out. <laughs> so basically, in short, the song is about comparing the misfortune of others to that of your own. It's sung in a first person's perspective of a man who had just broke up with his girlfriend and goes to drown his sorrows in the local pub. Whereupon he's met by a man and confides in his tale of woe and he tells him his. Begrudgingly so. <laughs> like, like the old man is just like, fuck off, leave me alone. But the old man goes on to say uh, that he was, in, he was in the war. He saw horrible things, but what kept him going uh, was that when he got home, he'd be reunited with his wife, but came to find that when he did return home, his wife had ran off with another man. Oh. <laughs> so, and in the song, that story, that story is told by the initial character and is sort of recounting the story of that old man. So you really have to kind of pay attention to the lyrics, like really have to, to specify which me he's referring to <laughs> at certain <laughs> intervals. And after hearing, so after hearing this story, he just uh, storms out of the fucking pub and just walks out on the canals and he can, but he considers the man's story and he realizes that, yeah, he had it worse than me. <laughs> just uh, <clears throat> just going and seeing all your uh you know, all your comrades' uh, arms torn off, getting shot in the head or anything like that, all the horrors of war, and then you come back and you find out your wife left you for God knows who. Right. Oh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and the chorus and the verses, they are topped off with the remark of finding a pair of brown eyes. And it's widely considered to be the color of the eyes of their loves now lost. So it's like you're longing for those eyes to see them again, for them to look at you, but now you've lost them. So now you're tasked with finding another pair. <laughs> so yeah, if you can follow along with the uh, lyrics in this, uh, just take all that into consideration. This is me translating it. And also <laughs> I had to point out, there are references to, uh, uh, to a few different artists. There is uh, one for Johnny Cash and saying that the, uh, the jukebox in the pub is playing a thing called love. It's like, and I guess in an interview with Shane McGowan talking about this song, he said that this was a common song that was played in like every Irish pub, okay, so, or every local pub, British or otherwise. And but he also references uh, Ray Lenham and Philomena, uh, Phil, yeah, Philomena Begley's "My Elusive Dreams" by placing himself as the subject in that song. It's like uh, Lenham and Begley. Singing about my elusive dreams. <laughs> so it's like, yep, he's making himself the center of attention. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, it's lyrically dense, but that's, uh, you know, that's just a testament to uh, McGowan's songwriting skills. He'll definitely be, uh, he'll definitely be fucking, and eh, just forget it. I'll talk about that <laughs> later. I'll talk about that later. But for now, let's listen to A Pair of Brown Eyes You'll Never Find.
how that'll play out and fade out. But yeah, that's just uh, that's just a piece of what Shane McGowan had accomplished in his time. And yeah, like I said, I think this is going to carry over uh, two episodes because yeah, I've also got yet to talk about some of the tracks from uh, If I Should Fall from Grace with God, which is apparently their... Uh, the album that was their breakthrough—that's what got them into the public eye. Oh, cool! And you can uh, you can kind of understand why. And also mm. because the Pogues have a Christmas song on there, "Fairy Tales in New York." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, it's befitting of this whole uh, this whole season. So right. it's like, yeah, you know what? Shane McGowan is dead. We got to make a we got to do a proper send off to him. To him, and uh, I'm sure, even in postmortem, one of the most horrid-looking smiles I have ever seen. If you've seen that, <laughs> if you see that guy grit, he's got all of like maybe four teeth, four top teeth that are, oh man, they are just <laughs> alarmingly spaced apart. <laughs> I hate to speak ill of the dead, but the first time that I saw his smile, I thought for sure he was wearing one of those, you know, those fake hillbilly teeth yeah. that you can get and stick in. I thought for sure that's what it had to be. And then I saw more pictures of him. And I thought, oh, shit, that's just what he's got going on. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe gum disease. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it is just so unsettling. <laughs> At least he can sing. Absolutely. <laughs> At least he can compose. You know that. Yeah, that song "Brown Eyes" is such a beautiful and poignant song about heartbreak that goes beyond just sulking over your once girlfriend. Right. It's like, yeah, it's got an extra layer on top of that. It, that's telling you, yeah, don't sp- don't waste all your time doing that. <laughs> but it's technique like that that has made Shane McGowan such a revered figure in punk and folk alike. Right. So yeah, more on more on that later. We just uh, this is kind of like the first half. Part two will be in the uh, next episode. <laughs> yes. Well, my album is uh, it was in my top three. I think I had it at number two for my albums of 2022. Uh, I played a song or two here or there on Punkanoi Worldwide and uh, over on this show too, just for like new tracks and so forth. And when we were featuring bands on Punkanoi Worldwide for bands from Montreal, but I never actually featured it. Has a great cover-to-cover album. There's 11 tracks on it. It's the album Prowl Around by The Prowlers. It's fucking awesome. I love that <laughs> album. Top, Such a fitting title. Right? The Riot City Radio release is definitely, that was the uh, Time Will Tell. That's what I had as my number one. But The Prowlers right there behind it, along with that. At the time, I had the Skin Flicks, Old Dogs, New Tricks down the line. But that those are probably realistically my top three looking at the best releases of 2023 and i think three phenomenal releases including the that prowlers is just so good yeah. so i want to feature it here as a great cover to cover album since i hadn't the lp you can find on contra records lsm vinyl i got my first copy lsm vinyl you might be able to get it on insurgents records which is based out of canada as, as well uh, and then I got an autographed copy from the band when I saw them at Crash Fest. All the guys signed the record for me, which was great. And so I uh, love it. It's the, the band's been around since 1999. I'm glad they came back with new music, and it's phenomenal music. Its official release date was February 1st of 2022. And 
Uh, I'm going to play, the first track I'm going to play off of it is Looney's Days, which was one of two tracks that were on the Rude Pride split that they did a few years prior to that. And they, for this album, Prowl Around, they did a remix of Looney's Days. It's awesome to watch them play it live as well. And I love the track, Get You Going, and that's what I wanted us to do here is to get us going. So here's the 2021 remix of Looney's Days off of Prowl Around. Let's enjoy some of the Prowlers. Stuff. God, I love that track. 
So it was a remix, you said. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit different. I think it's, if uh, I remember right, it's just a little bit faster, a little bit more like uh, aggressive than mm. than the original. Uh, the original might have been just a hair slower. <laughs> and I would assume the the remix is probably. You know, as we discussed before, a band puts out something, and then as you play it live, you tend to change it a little bit, maybe uh, for whatever number of reasons. But uh, I, I think that that probably reflects that uh, as far as why they did it. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And it's a great track, and it came out on a split uh, that they put out a couple of years prior, which was in between, you know, full length and uh, the Prowler's own release is not a split, so maybe another reason why they wanted to put it on there. But great track, love that one. Uh, even up to right now, I didn't know which would be the other track that I would want to play, as I have played several other tracks. Were You Really One of Us is awesome. Battle Scars, Bad Decision, I love that track. Uh, what the Fuck Happened Last Night might have been the first track that I played off of that one, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is awesome. They, they just have so many great ones. And I was torn between tracks that I hadn't played, One Night on the Run and You. But I think we're going to go with You. If you hadn't heard some of these tracks that I mentioned, I recommend going and checking out that album. I mean, I had it at the top of my list. If you like the stuff that I'm playing on these shows, uh, you definitely want to check it out if you haven't already. And if you have, well, maybe you haven't listened to it recently enough and you'll want to go back and check out more. So here's another reason to do so. Here is You off of Prowl Around.
<laughs> hey, you, you're out of me out. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I love that album. It's great. Definitely top three. I mean, that Skin Flicks and that Riot City Radio are both phenomenal as well. So if you haven't checked those out, you should. But uh, great, great album. Love it. Go check out The Prowlers. Those are your three from uh, 2022? Yeah. On the original list, you hadn't really checked out The Prowlers as much. Not The Prowlers, The Skin Flicks one as much as I wanted. So I had it pretty much far down the list. But uh, I posted, you know, all the bands were posting their tracks playlists and all that shit from Spotify, because Spotify, for whatever reason, does it at the fucking beginning of December as opposed to the end of the year, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I saw the people posting about, you know, Spotify's ripping bands off and all that shit, which they are, and I'm not saying one way or the other. Yeah, the but even point, more so now. Yes. <laughs> now they're just not giving them anything. Right. Well, no, I think they're changing. It was like, you got to get a thousand streams to make a dollar. Yeah. Or like 3,000. Some fucking uh, stupid number. It, it's retarded. Anyway, the whole point is, is Spotify let me know that the band I listened to most in 2023 was the Skin Flicks. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, after I got the list out, I really got a chance to get into that album, and I love that album. So I would rank it higher uh, in the top three as opposed to in the top 20, which is where I placed it. Yeah. So sometimes that can happen. We don't always get enough time to delve into the ones we want to until maybe a little bit later, but... Either way, that was the Prowlers. We are going to wrap up the show. Eric, what do you got for us? Well, I got the latest from my friends of Monstrology. Right. You did tell us that. It was I coming. did tell you that. <laughs> Here's your little reminder. <laughs> and the time is now. Monstrology, I only played them one other time. It was on episode 318, and that was when they released their single, Throw the Third Switch. Mostly played it because I knew what the reference was. <laughs> Get my creation live! <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, and yeah, when I saw them live, I even made a reference where it's like, throw the third switch. <laughs> I, said, I said something else, uh, another, another quote from uh, Young Frankenstein, but regardless, they release an EP, Peril, Darkness, and Rot, and these three songs of pure death metal terror, it's a mix of deep, gurgling, guttural vocals and grinding yells that veer into black metal territory courtesy of both ross and kyle their bassist and guitarist respectively who switch back and forth now uh and yeah like i said it's just heretic temple minus the singer <laughs> so, so yeah that's kyle smith on guitar and vocals ross hagan on bass and vocals and evan Dahl on the drums and uh, <laughs> And it sounds like a death metal demo from the 90s. The production is rough. The mix is uneven. It's difficult to tell the songs apart. (laughs) And it's awesome. (laughs) I mean, even so, they still managed to squeeze out a story with these three underproduced songs. And judging by the album cover itself, it is designed to look like a VHS layout. (laughs) Yeah, and it is some... Like, uh, their story that they're uh, conjuring up here is supposed to be the plot of this film it's apparently representing. <laughs> they, even have, they even have little uh, anecdotes for it, or little synopses of each song. For Yeah, they even present it right here. Monstrology 3, presenting a brand new triptych of terrifying tales unleashed from the fetid bowels of rotten earth. <laughs> Peril in Mount... Peril 
in Mountain Peak Terror, you s your next step might be your last. Darkness. Just when you thought it was safe to leave the house, you find yourself bombarded by ghouls. And rot. A, cr a grave robbing archaeologist faces the music in the flesh curse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And in case you couldn't tell, they, their songs are as follows. Mountain Peak Terror, Bombarded by Ghouls, and The Flesh Curse. <laughs> so, yeah. They really went all out on this, uh, on this uh, little demo. Not in production. <laughs> You'll hear it. It's so fucking... It is so rough, but I love it. And what song did I have to choose? I chose Bombarded by Ghouls because it actually adds some riffing elements that make it sound as if they've created blackened death thrash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wrap your head around that? Well... This is probably the first and only example you'll ever hear of it. Bombarded by ghouls from Monstrology. <laughs>
<laughs> so yeah, you see what I mean? The production is so horrible. But I I think that they intended for that. Right. You know, because because Kyle, Evan, and uh, Ross, they're you know, they're old heads. They they are in their thirties, near in their forties right now. They are doing this because it's a passion project and because it's fun. And they have been around since uh, when death metal was in its glory days, you know? Right. So, so, yeah, I think that they're intending for this. They have the means and the tools necessary to make their shit sound good. But they knew what they were <laughs> going for. <laughs> you know? yeah, and, yeah, the music. You see what I mean by, like, black and death thrash? Yep. <laughs> it's got those thrashy parts in there. And, uh, you know, the way that Kyle and Ross uh, work off of each other, I mean... Kyle, he sounds like a, he sounds like a Both from Immortal, and Ross sounds like John Gallagher from Dying Fetus. Those, and and speaking of Dying Fetus, I would say they they closely resemble those guys. The only thing that's missing are the slam elements, you know, where it's just like those slow fucking heavy riffs just to make all the hardcore kids happy, you know. So they don't have those. Because they're not trying to make death metal for hardcore kids. <laughs> they're just trying to be death metal. So what they're creating is just a, a pretty unique complexion, and I'm all for it. And, and again, I love how they're having fun with it. I mean, seriously, the VHS layout. <laughs> and they even mm. use that as the flyer for their uh, EP <laughs> release show. And on the, like the, on the spines that you have on VHSs. They had Sacrilegion's logo right there and Bonestorm's logo mm. right there. Like, this... <laughs> Is so awesomely crafted. I love it. I have it on a poster now. Nice. Yep. I stole that. <laughs> there was like five of them hanging up. And when the, you know, when the posters hanging around the venue are posters of shows that have already happened, it's fair game. Open season. Take that son of a bitch and run. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Monstrology, I'm loving what you guys are doing. And not just because you're my, not just because you're friends of mine. And that I've uh, shared studio space with you, but eh, just because the music itself is kick-ass. And maybe we'll see some better production when you guys are actually <laughs> uh, releasing an album or so. <laughs> we'll see. I think that would just be hilarious. Just sort of like poking fun at the idea of getting a band started when you're young and you don't have the monetary means necessary to create something so um, flawless, <laughs> you know, in uh, producing, mixing, and mastering or something. You just kind of have to use what you got. <laughs> right. Yeah, but like I said, they have the means necessary to do that, so maybe that'll be their next step. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I never knew with these guys. All three of them were in three different bands, including this one, and they all played the same thing. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Monstrology kicks ass. What have you got to close us out with, Dustin? I got some non-point, uh, some... I don't know what they'd be, hard rock. They're not new metal. They were like after new metal came out, and I don't really think they kind of have those sounds. I just love them. Uh, everything that they put out, they put out so many great albums, and they just continue to put out albums. They're awesome live. I saw them probably like five years ago, somewhere in that range. It was probably the last time I'd seen them. And they've put out at least two EPs, maybe more than that since then as well, including their newest EP, which is called Heartless. And they put that out on November 17th, so as soon as I saw that, I listened, checked it out, and I've been excited to play it since. Uh, the band, if you don't know Nonpoint, I have played them before. I've played new stuff as they put it out. Whenever they put something new out, I'm playing something new from Nonpoint. 
as they always have something cool on their releases. They were originally from uh, Fort Lauderdale in Florida, but now they're currently uh, based out of Chicago. And good stuff, man. It is good. Off of Heartless, we're going to check out a million watts. They are true to their sound. Uh, here goes. A million watts when the beat drops. So is it going to make you stop? Got the room turning up, but I don't think it's loud enough. drop tuning rock and roll right <laughs> you know if i was to categorize them i'd say it's like a sort of 
I don't know, rap rock or groove metal. Sure. Stuff like that. I'm hearing the I'm hearing elements of shit like uh, you know, the early stained or POD, Godsmack, those type of things that weren't exactly uh, dipping all the way into a uh, Limp Biscuit style new metal, right? But they weren't veering so far back to be like, uh, uh, to be like what Lincoln Park was. Sure, yeah. So they were sort of like uh, they're one of them coattail bands. <laughs> yeah, you know, not even really coattails. They've been around since the mid '90s. Yeah, point. So they were arguably a little uh, late to the game. Came out right at the peak of new metal because new metal honestly kind of started dwindling in 2000. Four, right. five, at least that's when it was getting like super mainstream. Sure, and Nonpoint probably already had like four or five albums out of that point. They were putting out some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, this is the this is the style of uh, metal music or hard rock music that you'd hear in a one of those. One of those uh, action movies that came out in like the 2000s. Nice, yeah. Thinking, you think Fast, and the, you think Fast <laughs> and the Furious. You think, uh, uh, you know, any of, any of those types of movies. That's what it, their music reminds me of. It's just that machismo, testosterone-fueled, uh, like I said, drop-tuning hard rock that just wants to get your, that just wants to get those veins pumping. Right. And those muscles flexed and those balls a little bit bigger than you think they are. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it sounds like to that's what it sounds like to me. It's like a millennial groove metal or shit like that. <laughs> well, good stuff. I dig it. Uh, great band. I like that they keep putting out new stuff. Nonpoint keep doing it. But come back to Salt Lake, goddammit. Every time you're uh, <laughs> going on tour recently, you ain't coming here. So come back. I want to go see Nonpoint again. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a crowd for them here, probably at Liquid Joe's. Right? <laughs> I saw them at, God, what was it? It was the small room at Bricks. What was Bricks before it closed? I forget. It was in the venue. In the, the venue? No, not oh, in wait, the venue. Oh, wait, no. That was uh, the something sound the sound club sound club sound something yeah there you go anyway that's why i saw them they were even opening up for some emo fucking i don't know one of the melodic something or another's that fucking wear makeup and shit like that i can't remember friends of mine i have listened to it i didn't show up for that shit i showed up for fucking non-point man they were awesome that's one of those bands that were referred to as emo slash screamo bands because Because, Screamo, at, that, because sure. at that point, those two terms have become such blanket terms for anyone who was uh, teasing their hair and wearing the makeup to make themselves look like a fucking anime character. That's pretty much what that band was, and I can't think of who they yeah. were. We called them scene kids. Yeah. In my generation, that's what we referred to them as, scene kids, the MySpace generation. <laughs> I, touched on that, uh, I touched on that a while back when I talked about the song Sex Ed. By I set my friends on fire. They did it with the YouTube channel Smosh. Right. And and yeah, that was the MySpace musical boom. Right. That was the style of like emo music, pop punk music, post hardcore, and even metalcore. And they all had the sort of same style, not musically, but visually. Right. With the teased hair, the emo swoop that was like a three different shades of green. And <laughs> And yeah, the thick raccoon-like eyeliner and the torn-up uh, shirts and the torn-up jeans and the the studded belts that aren't even attached to the loops. Right. Basically, it was the millennial version of glam rock. 
<laughs> I like it. Good description there. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what we would call the scene, kids. <laughs> Even the term scene took on a whole blanket statement to des- describe those people. <laughs> I know those people. I grew up with them. I never ascribed to that style. Mostly because I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> and also because I didn't really care for the music. I just sort of listened yeah. to it because I was associated with my friends. One of which was my best friend. <laughs> and even back then, I was just like, you putting Hello Kitty stickers on your binder, you fucking... You're so fucking... I can't support that, friend. Yeah, I'm sorry, but... And this is circa 2006, 2007, when all this was going on. And the worst thing that you could... The worst insult you could ever be called in the schoolyard was gay. <laughs> so it's like you're putting Hello Kitty on your binder. It's totally gay, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like, well, I don't care. <sighs> and he was even doing a, he even had this underground uh, pants trade going on. He wanted to wear girls' pants, and they were like skinny jeans. <laughs> so he was trading jeans with this uh, with this one girl who was the same the pants size as him. Wow. Yeah, that's how deep into it you can get. Yeah. The only thing he didn't do was uh, dye his hair black. He's never dyed his hair. So I will give you some points for that, but you did that full body shot, the MySpace days. of You were there, guys. You know what I'm talking about. You hold the camera all the way up. You look... And you look at it also for lordingly with that stoic gaze. And it's like, yeah. And we see you wearing your hem shirt, your skin tight pants. And I'm super tight that they practically are a second skin. And of course, you're all black, uh, low, right? Uh, you're all black, uh, low fitting uh, vans. Yeah. <laughs> or your Chuck Taylors. <laughs> there was a, yeah, there wasn't any of anything uh, in between. It was usually just Vans <laughs> or Chuck Taylors that those kids were wearing. I mean, I wore them too, but because I was a skater. Right. <laughs> okay. I, d- I need not go <laughs> any further than that. We were talking right. about Nonpoint, for Christ's sake. Right. Go check out Nonpoint. <laughs> Love the band. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show at this point. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Listen to episode 341. Thank you for listening all the way up to this point. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Player FM, Podvine, Podchaser, Verbal, and slcpunkcast.com. You can find all the bands on Instagram at alkaline underscore trio, at official.spider, at ripped pits official, at radio chip pan, at bare minimum band, at the pogues official, at the prowlers MTL, at monstrology underscore band, at nonpoint band, at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? On Instagram, you can find me at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. Find my band Anonymous and Apathetics on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official and at theapathetics.slc. Find us on Facebook at Anonymous SLC and at The Apathetics. And listen to our shit on Bandcamp at Anonymous SLC and at theapathetics.bandcamp.com. If you want to check out my other podcast, Lead Melodies, we're on Instagram at leadmelodies underscore podcast and on Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. Stream the episodes on anchor.fm. And check out the SLC Hardcore page on Facebook at SLC Hardcore to know what's uh, what shows will be coming up and what releases are coming out and what sh- what clothes are being made, what new merch is being made <laughs> from all from any and all the underground hardcore bands in Salt Lake and uh, the surrounding areas. Cool. 
Well, the bands are found on Facebook at Alkaline Trio, at Spider Official, at Rip Pits, at Radio Chip Pan, at The Bare Minimum, at Pogatry for the Pogues, at The Prowlers, at Monstrology Band, at Nonpoint Official, at SLC Punkcast. Once again, thank you everybody for tuning in. If you couldn't tell, my speech is getting a little better, but uh, the area around my nose, roof of my mouth, upper lip area is still numb uh, from surgery about two months ago now, or about two months getting close to two months Damn, point. it really has been that long yeah it, it last saturday was two months from accident so i guess i'm about a week away so seven weeks from surgery still have some of that numbness and so i can tell that uh, when i'm talking especially a little bit longer as i'm doing at the moment kind of feels a little weird so i don't know if it quite sounds right but i'm getting there so hopefully you haven't had to put up with uh, anything too hideous to listen to eric we're gonna wrap mm-hmm. the show up any final thoughts before we kill it uh, Anonymous is looking for a drummer. Oh, really? We are. Sid quit on me last night. Oh. Yeah. No further explanation other than she just can't play the songs anymore. Fair enough. And I'd reckon to say that she's uh, burnt out. She's, okay. She's busy in other musical projects. And to be fair, she drives an hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes roughly. That's how far away she lives from gen- where you would generally be playing. Yeah. But all but her two other bands are based in Salt Lake as well. Well, so. then I don't know what to say. So <laughs> I think she's just bitten off too much, and she can't chew it all. Okay. So, so yeah, she's just uh, not in it with the heavy stuff anymore. She's sticking with stuff that makes sense to her. Cool. Yeah, I haven't really, I haven't talked with her, not yet. I'm just taking my time and picking the right words to say because we've been a revolving door. Of people coming in, of people in the rhythm section. Right. We just barely got a new bassist, and now we're down a drummer That's again. Too bad. <laughs> the on, yeah, the only people that stuck around are the fucking guitarists, and they were the hardest people to fucking get. Right. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Don't be in a band, kids. <laughs> it's the best mistake you'll ever make. <laughs> Play the fucking outro.